The information and views expressed by our host or guests on the Unlock Potential podcast are their own, and not a substitute for professional medical or fitness advice. Always consult with qualified healthcare or fitness professionals before starting any new exercise program or making changes to your current routine. And so what you do is you say, I'm only good enough if I accomplish this much today. I'm not good enough unless I bear down, suffer for 10 minutes and put in the fastest time that I can. Mm -hmm. And that is strain. And that will not give you day after day consistency, month after month consistency. That will not give you a base to support that strength. Hello and welcome to season two of Unlock Potential. I'm Brian Delaney. Our focus this season is fitness. I'll be joined by Dr. Corey Duvall, who's going to guide us through his protocol for getting into your best shape so we can live our best lives and serve others well. This episode of Unlock Potential contains visual demonstrations and instruction. If you are listening to the audio version of our podcast, consider also checking out the video at thebriandelaney.com. Hello and welcome to episode two of Unlock Potential in our new set with our new guest host uh, for this season, uh, Dr. Corey Duvall. Uh, in the first episode, just to recap a little bit, Corey, uh, we talked about the difference between activity and exercise, what defines exercise, the different types of exercise that we can look at, some of the basic needs that we have as far as learning how to work in harmony with the rhythms of our body. And when we work in those rhythms, part of the rhythm of exercise is a rest day. What do our bodies need to really recover so that we can show up in our life and at our next exercise at 100% of our capacity and continue to do the work uh, rather than suffering from breakdown, burnout, or illness, as you talked about. Mm -hmm. Fired up that in this episode, we get to talk about the structure of fitness. We, got, we get to talk about the different kinds of exercise and the mental and physical postures for each kind of exercise. We get to talk about the importance, especially within the stay active method, of how this is a protocol that focuses on low tech, high awareness. We're gonna give you one movement that's going to open up your ability to feel your body and to be more aware, and then give you a vocabulary that will not only help you describe how you feel, but be able to respond in intuitively and dynamically in the moment to build the best structure. And we're gonna to try to do all of that in one four to six hour episode. So I'm, I'm super excited, Corey, how about you? We're cutting stuff out today. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so um, one, of the, one of the needs, one of the things that everybody looks at is they let, when they see other people and they do the thing that we talked about not doing, especially involved in competition, is comparing themselves to others. They see the structure, the structure of fitness. And there's kind of these blown up ideals about this, but um, we know that we get into fitness to build a structure, but you also in your protocol in the stay active method have a structure to fitness. Let's start the episode off by introducing that and breaking that down. Beautiful. So when we approach exercise and we try to build ourselves to be most helpful to others, to have a physical body that is so capable that we can serve everyone around us. We need to have a mental framework for what that looks and feels like. Okay. 
and I love to use the concept of a pyramid, three dimensions and density. Mm. When you walk up to a pyramid, you see the height of that pyramid first. And that's what impresses you the most. Look how tall that pyramid is. That's impressive. Well, that peak is our strength. Okay. Now our strength is our ability to accomplish the task no matter the cost. Wow. Now that doesn't just mean physical. What are you willing to take on to help those around you no matter what it costs you? The strongest in our society take on a lot in order to help all of those around them. I love that. And I love that definition of strength because that lines up exactly with the culture of this gym, the culture of the companies that um, that I've built and that we're now building together. So that's that fires me up. I love that definition. Strong to serve. Yes, brother. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So the peak is our strength. We walk up and we're immediately impressed by that peak. But if that peak doesn't have a base, it's going to fall over. Yeah. <clears throat> if that peak is not dense enough, if that peak is high relative to the inefficiencies that are down below, it's going to topple. Wait, I've seen this before. We, I think we all have. Pause right now and go to your favorite uh, fitness influencer and really muscle slash bodybuilder who only is big in the things you can see. And you'll see that they always have a lean toward them. They're, always, they're less like the Eiffel Tower, they're less like a, uh, the Great Pyramids of Giza, and they're more like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. They're, they're, they're not set up right. They don't have that pure pose, right, that, that purpose. They don't have that pure pose of being aligned, connected, without being stiff. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And so our two dimensions of the base are necessary to support our strength. It's not just how big our muscles are, but it's how capable they are and what is supporting them down below. Okay, and what's down below? One dimension of that is stamina. And stamina is accomplishing the task with minimal mental and emotional strain. Hmm. So this where is... strength work is getting it done no matter what. I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna do my three sets of eight of my four different exercises, no matter how it feels, no matter what it costs. But stamina, we gotta get rid of those goals. We've gotta get rid of those emotional goals that we set for ourselves, and we've gotta be present in the moment. Hmm. I think that's a very different definition of stamina. Again, going back to the strength, I, I, I think it's just time for us to get precise on terms, right? When we talk about this, and that's the difference between marketing and instruction right here is get precise with these terms for yourself so that you know how to speak about this and you can drop expectations that aren't necessary or helpful in this space. Because when I first learned that I was going to do stamina, it was, uh, I'm going to do as much as I can, as hard as I can until I feel like I'm going to die. Right. You're in that, like, that's the mentality that I have. Uh -huh. And the idea of going to the gym on that day are, is very stressful. Uh -huh. It's very stressful because I know what I'm about to do to myself. I was introduced through the Stay Active Method and coming and talking to you and being coached by you. That stamina actually happens in our comfort zone. We're going to talk a lot more about that later. But when you said your comfort zone, I was like, maybe you don't know what that word means. I don't think that word means what you think it means. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, 
But this definition of stamina, I would love for you to repeat that one more time so everybody really does really does get that because I think that'll free a lot of people up to know, go from, I can't really do that, I can't run, I can't go for a five mile run because a five mile run may or may not fall into that category. We have to start with the, with the definition first. Yeah. It's minimal mental and emotional strain. Mm -hmm. And strain is the idea that there's this momentary pause, there's this momentary hold so that we get a release later. Mm -hmm. And so what you do is you say, I'm only good enough if I accomplish this much today. I will not have had a successful workout unless I go this far, unless I do this much weight. Mm. I'm not good enough unless I bear down, suffer for 10 minutes and put in the fastest time that I can. Mm. Mm. And that is strain. And that will not give you day after day consistency month after month consistency. That will not give you a base to support that strength. Yep, and that, is, that again, not just, just like with strength, you do stamina in that way, now you're just toppling over again. Exactly. Yep. And so we have a narrow stamina base and a tall strength peak, we fall over, injury, illness, burnout. Yep. What we need to do is we need on certain days to really push that peak. And as that peak starts to feel wobbly, as that peak starts to bear down on us, we're going to get some symptoms. And then it's our job to work with those symptoms to spread that base. We do that one direction in stamina, like I said. We do the other direction as flexibility. Okay. Now, flexibility is sometimes understood as stretching. I feel tight. I pull on what's tight. It's not tight anymore. And that's not how we define it here. It's got to carry over into life outside of here. And so flexibility is accomplishing the task many different ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I, I think that, that again, because, you know, when it comes to defining terms, people hear flexibility and they say, well, I can put my hands on the floor and be flexi flexible. But going back to this structure of strength, one of the things that we know is that flexibility with no strength right with uh, is going to become hypermobility and that's actually bad for you uh -huh. right because now we're burning out our joints uh, we're having all kinds of we're having all kinds of issues um what we want to do is to build this anti-fragile environment uh -huh. within ourselves where there is strength there is flexibility there's an ability to approach things with a calmness and an understanding of what's actually going on and how to respond exactly not just a static hold that we think is going to give us the most because there are infinite ways to do flexibility and very few of them require static holds. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So in the gym, we can think of flexibility as picking a weight up in front of us mm -hmm. or picking a weight up behind us. Mm -hmm. We can think of it as picking up to our shoulders with our hands facing away mm -hmm. or our hands facing towards us. Mm -hmm. We can switch the way we do it. We can do it while we're squatted or while we're standing or while we're sitting on the ground or while we're kneeling. Mm -hmm. How do we do this similar activity many different ways? Love that. How do I achieve whatever pose I'm looking to achieve many different ways? Mm -hmm. And that way, when I approach somebody who's had a traumatic event, I can approach them with a softness and a comfort that invites them in. And when I approach somebody who is very stubborn and really wants to go the wrong way, and I can meet them 
with a sharp turn so that they can redirect themselves. Mm -hmm. If I use one of those on the wrong person, I wouldn't be able to help them. Mm -hmm. But if I have flexibility within my strength and my stamina, I can help those people differently. I, lo I love that. I love that. And that goes back to this ability. I believe that being truly being present and powerful at the intersection of people and processes is about being able to be uh, being able to respond intuitively and dynamically in a moment. And if we only have one structure for that response and that door closes, now we have to start saying words like, we're, uh, like I can't and stop saying I can't and just say, I'm not free to. I'm not free to. And this flexibility deal and what that has created, it creates options. Options are freedom. Options are freedom. The way the, the different alternative ways of movement, those are freedom, right? But a lot of times what we know is limited. So what we think of ourselves is also limited. Exactly. Yep. So well put. Awesome. awesome. So we want to build that peak. That's our strength. Mm -hmm. If we don't have a peak, we're not able to help as many people mm -hmm. because we're not getting stuff done no matter what. We've got to have stamina. So there are times that we just need to be able to get that work done with no strain, it just happens. We continue at it, we get more done, no strain, it just happens. Mm -hmm. And we've gotta have flexibility. We've gotta be able to do it this way, we gotta be able to do it that way, back and forth, many different ways, but always getting the work done no matter what. Mm -hmm. And so our energy is meant to build that physical structure while we go through our workouts. Mm -hmm. And the density of what's going on inside plays a role as well. We can have a wide, deep, tall pyramid that's missing a whole bunch of pieces. How do we find those pieces as we go along? Well, we get in there, we start poking around, we mix things up. Yeah. And so that's when we take on what CrossFit is known for, which is the workout of the day. Okay. You're just in a place where it's time for the workout of the day and you take it on and you're accomplishing that randomized task with joy and gratitude for your abilities and opportunities. I will have to say that I feel like your, your experience and my experience, at least my first experiences with workout of the day must have been very different <laughs> when you're saying that. <laughs> it's, it didn't feel very joyful. It definitely did expose it. And then I've learned how to build joy into it coming back of it. But that's exactly what it was. I remember being in here for my first workout of the day. And I was like, four rope, cl rope climbs? I've got four rope climbs. I was one and a half in and I found out where my period, uh, where my pyramid was holy. I had a holy pyramid, <laughs> right? And I wish it was. I wish it was like holy in that sense, but it just had a lot of holes in it. There was a lot of incompletion uh -huh. because when I went to do what I thought I already could do, I found myself lacking, and it gave me a prescriptive way forward. Exactly. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. So when it comes to workout of the day, what are the what are the pieces, like how does that need to be accomplished? So when we have energy, signs, and symptoms that don't signify what direction we are meant to go, building strength, stamina, or flexibility, okay. that's when we take on the workout of the day, which is just randomized. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be something completely different every single day, 
and you're going to take it on because that's a way to move your body and it's a way to move your body such that you inspire others. Awesome. Awesome. And you just mentioned a couple of things like when we're feeling this from our body and we see more and more marketing that's out there, not instruction, but marketing that has a strap around your arm, a strap around your chest. You've got all this equipment, all these accoutrements that, and in order to get into working out, you need to spend like a grand. You need to say, cause I need the right clothing. I need, man, I need to, I need this very special equipment. I need this. And that for me is one of the most compelling parts of this protocol is low tech, high awareness. I'm not going to go outside. I'm not going to go outside to see how I feel. Exactly and what I should do about it. I'm going to learn how to bring that process internal so that I can identify these triggers that otherwise a device may or may not catch. Exactly. And that's something that I enjoy because I got to get rid of my fitness watch. Uh, it was hard for me to part with it because it, it used to make me think that activity was exercise. Uh -huh. But once I, once I cried a little bit and grieved <laughs> that, I, I, was able to, I was able to move away. Um, but when it comes to when it comes to all these details, like people have gotten down to checking their resting heart rate in the morning. People who aren't competitive uh, athletes are using whoop straps to t to say how much restful sleep. And while all that is good, I think that it needs to be built on a foundation of awareness and not allow those distractions to come in as a cheap alternative. Exactly. And that is, that's a piece. And, and when I first walked in, you had me doing this weird movement uh, that, uh, that instructed it uh, to me. But talk about that low tech, high awareness approach and why that's so uh, valuable and important to not only you, but the people you get to coach. That's, uh, that's beautiful. I got a few things I can chat about and then uh, we'll get into the actual limber test. Yeah. Get our bodies moving and start getting our signals flowing. Awesome. My first awareness of how the body changes was when I was young as an athlete. I'd show up to basketball practice. I'd feel a particular way. <laughs> I'd start playing and I would feel different. Mm -hmm. Oh, now I feel differently. And I would play based on how I felt. Huh. And that was just me listening to my body and doing what I felt like I wanted and needed to do in that time as I played. Mm -hmm. My next approach to that was after I'd been a chiropractor for a little while, after I'd done CrossFit for a little while, heart rate variability started getting popular mm -hmm. with phone apps. This was around 2013, 2014. And so I started checking my heart rate variability how quickly and slowly my heart beat in the morning mm -hmm. to let it tell me whether I was supposed to exercise intensely that day or not. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed was that days that I felt a little sluggish, that thing told me, you feel a little sluggish. Mm -hmm. And then days that I felt a little more spry, that thing told me, hey, you're ready to go. And so I was spending 10, 15 minutes of my morning trying to get this thing to connect to my iPhone and laying in a way where it would read and be a clear signal when really all I just had to do was check in with myself and say, hey, how am I feeling today? Yeah. Now, the third has to do with my encounters with asthma throughout my life. Okay. Uh, 
I was working to reduce my asthma medication because I had gotten addicted to the rush and the short-term intensity output that I could do after taking uh, albuterol inhalers. Mm -hmm. So prescribed by a doctor to take these before a workout, they were giving me a real rush and I was having high performance outputs, but I started to feel secondary symptoms like this is not healthy for me in the long run. Mm -hmm. And so I set out a goal to reduce my asthma medication. And along with that, I said, hey, I've always been a short-term anaerobic, high-intensity style athlete. I'm going to start doing some heart rate training. Zone one, zone two, zone three, zone four. How much time am I spending at a specific BPM to get good training benefit? Mm -hmm. And it's popular now, and it was discussed back then, long duration and zone two level heart rate. Mm -hmm. And so I did my calculations. I figured out what my zone two was supposed to be. And I would spend my 45 minutes in zone two and I would feel like I was suffering. Mm -hmm. And I would go home and I would take a three hour nap and I would feel sluggish and lethargic. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't want to do it again the next day. But I went back because I'm a persistent individual <laughs> and I know that if you push hard enough, things happen. Yeah. Well, I stayed with that for weeks and months. Mm -hmm. Body fat on my trunk was going up. Mm -hmm. I was having more and more asthma symptoms and I was feeling more really? and more wrecked. Hmm. And I said, you know, I don't fully understand this. I should have adapted to this by now. It should be getting easier. Why am I struggling like this? And so I went into the heart rate, ver uh, heart rate monitoring research and I started reading it. Where did they come up with this? Why do they think it works? Who does it work for? When does it not work? And I found one paper at the bottom with a little section that said, for those who are engaged with chronic illnesses, this may need to be 20 to 40 points lower. Wow. And I was like, oh, well, that's me. And I've never heard that. Mm -hmm. And so I started paying attention and I then said, okay, I'm gonna go to this lower level. Maybe that's my zone too. And I felt comfortable. And as soon as I would start to bump up a few BPM more, I started to get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is comfortable. That's uncomfortable. I can keep going. I can keep that pace up, but I'm uncomfortable for the 45 minutes or I can back off a little bit and I can be more comfortable for the 45 minutes. Yeah, the short-term versus long-term energy banks that you were referring to before. Exactly, that's yeah. exactly what's happening. And so what I said was, I spent all of this time looking at a number telling me whether or not I was doing a good job when my body was saying, this is the place you need to be to keep going. And this is the place you need to be if you're going to do this for a real short time period and be done with it. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started saying, hey, we've got to be spending more time checking in on ourselves, less time looking at numbers telling us who we are and what we need to be doing. Hey everybody, Brian Delaney here. I hope you've been enjoying our second season of Unlock Potential as Corey and I break open some great fitness advice as well as just other life advice that we know is gonna help you and add a ton of value. If you're just a casual listener, soak up the content we're bringing you. It's exceptionally valuable content at no cost to you. But if you're like me and you're like, I want the next levels, I want more information, I want more in depth, I want the extra content, come join us as one of our Patreon subscribers. Support the channel, 
get to the next level and unlock your potential. And, and this, doesn't, this doesn't turn away from measuring what you're managing, right? Uh -huh. It doesn't turn away from any of that. It's just using those tools appropriately where they're the most beneficial to you. Exactly. And, and the other thing I, I do want to mention, I know we have a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode, not a good idea to just get off medication without reducing symptoms and a doctor's help. <laughs> not a good idea. And that's why Corey didn't do it that way. Exactly. <laughs> he reduced symptoms. He did that. Uh -huh. So please don't say, I was watching Unlocked Potential. I heard about the Stay Active Method. I dumped off all this medication <laughs> and it didn't work out. Correct. Because it turns out that the damage we've done beforehand does not, is not the only indicator of progress we can make in the future, uh -huh. but it, it will be a factor yep. that we can work with in order to make it more or less uh, influential in our daily exercise and our lifetime progress. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And, and so it's, it's such a key thing. And for all the things, again, go back to the four puzzles in the puzzle box, you had done a lot of the, you had known a lot of the pieces of information but you would miss this one piece uh -huh. that said it's got to be 20 to 40% lower uh -huh. in order to be there. You got there. It made sense. Your body was telling you this the whole, the whole time. time. The whole time. <laughs> yep. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. So one thing I love to do with numbers mm -hmm. is observe them as opposed to use them as predictive. Okay. We don't want to say, hey, this is where I need to be. We need to be... And then think to ourselves, oh, this is where I've been. Hmm. Do I need to change trajectory based upon that hmm. for how I feel in the moment as opposed to lots of long-term prediction for where we're going to be? Yeah, that's, that's perfect. And it goes back to this structure that we know that people who have uh, more success are the ones who instead of, look, instead of look in front of them and say, look how far I have to go, right? Same symptoms, scrapes on their knees dirt on their hands, all the same symptoms. And they're like, I've, I've obviously, this has been a hard journey rather than the most successful people, the people who have experienced the most happiness, well-being, fulfillment in their life. They look behind them and they say, look at how far I've come. Exactly. And that's where numbers play a gigantic role and diminish that. Not the only thing that's important, especially when our awarenesses can tell us what the numbers have been trying to tell us this whole time, the whole time. but they just don't have the language to speak it, whereas our body does. Exactly. Yeah. So this test I'm going to take you through now okay. is what I call the limber test, mm -hmm. and it's going to help give you signals from your body up to your mind to coordinate with what you think you're feeling, to give you symptoms for how your body is telling you you're feeling, and we're going to use those to choose an exercise category. Okay, awesome. And the first time I did this, I was like, what the hell is this thing? How is this gonna help? He told me to do it uh, five to 10 times. So I did it just as instructed twice. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I just, I, I would really uh, just encourage you because anything that I've taken off of this instruction has not been a loss to him, it's been a loss to me. The instruction is precise and it's prescriptive for a reason. So join me uh, right now as you do this exercise, unless you're driving, if you're driving a Tesla, I guess you still can, but maybe you can, maybe depending on the roof height. And how good was that disclaimer in the beginning? <laughs> I forget, but, but uh, yeah, join us in uh, doing this exercise now. Let's stand up and uh, awesome. I'll have you work, walk me through it and walk us through it. 
So there are four particular levels that we're going to check in on. Okay. And once we find your level for today, we're going to try to match that or exceed it repeatedly. Okay. And as we go through those levels, you're just going to be getting symptoms for how your body is feeling in that moment. Okay. All the levels start the same. Your feet are together and you reach your arms far up overhead. And level one, you're going to bring your hands down. You're going to try to touch your knees and you're going to try to raise your hands back up overhead. Beautiful. If you can easily touch your knees, you then move on down to the toes. So you reach down, try to touch the toes, and you reach your hands back up overhead. And if you're struggling to, with a toe touch, you can find different ways of doing that. Mm -hmm. If you're able to touch the toes, you move on to level three. You're moving your hands down, trying to put your palms flat on the ground. Good, and come on back up. Let's go ahead and reset those feet so they're together. Oh, look at this. <laughs> Precise, as I said. Yeah. <laughs> and from there, reach the arms up overhead. And we're going to try again, get those palms flat on the ground. Uh-huh. Beautiful. And back up. If that feels challenging, you can repeat palms on the ground numerous times. Mm -hmm. If that feels capable, you're going to try to put your elbows on the ground and come back up. So reach all the way up overhead. And go down, try to put your elbows on the ground. Uh-huh. And back up. And arms up overhead. And we'll do five of those. Let's do four more. Reaching down. Try to put your elbows on the ground. And reach all the way back up overhead. Good. As opposed to a reset towards the bottom, mm -hmm. try to be a little smoother all the way, elbows on the ground and back up. Okay, okay. Yep. All right, so hands up. Hands up, down, smooth, elbows to the ground. Beautiful. Like yeah, that? Beautiful. Okay, all right. So what was the difference between what I did before and what I did now just for all of them and all of me? <laughs> yeah, definitely. As you descend down, we mm -hmm. want a consistent, steady movement. Okay. And as you come back up, we want a consistent, consistent steady movement. movement. What I saw was you went down, there was a reset and change in direction, and then you went farther. I see. And so we're looking for just smooth down and back up. I see. I see. So, and, and that's a good tell. I worked uh -huh. out, I worked out hard this morning. Yes. And so my hips are not, they're, uh -huh. they're like, they're waiting for sleep, not more exercise. Yeah, they're giving you some symptoms. <laughs> they're giving me the flexibility symptoms, uh -huh. the, uh, the sauna and cold plunge symptoms. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. awesome. So we do that a handful of times, mm -hmm. five to 10, mm -hmm. and then we get signals from the body through yep. each of those. Mm -hmm. And there are particular symptoms that suggest that your physiology is not well-centered off to one side or the other, and a style of exercise will help you bring that back together. Awesome. Before we move into those symptoms, uh -huh. want to go over uh, one thing. Again, a lot of uh, what we've been taught about flexibility, and even you can see it as I'm demonstrating, is very, uh, very constricted rather than very flexible, a flexible uh -huh. approach. So if you find yourself in these positions and you're challenged in these positions, work to find that comfortable place, that comfortable movement, that comfortable progression uh -huh. so that you're able to pay attention to the feedback rather than just the activity yourself, because that is definitely 
a challenge that I have found where I'm like trying too hard to touch my toes. Uh -huh. And therefore I've, I'm very effortful instead of very aware during those times. So avoid that pitfall and you're, you'll find the communication is clear when your uh, satellite is tuned. So yeah. yeah, I'll give you just a few examples from my own body of this test over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had disc herniations in my neck. Yep. I've separated both of my collarbones. I've had a dislocated shoulder here, symptoms of rotator cuff here, mm -hmm. symptoms of a fractured spine. Mm -hmm. I had uh, an ACL tear and repair, and then I had uh, cartilage torn, attempted to be repaired and removed. So three knee operations, mm -hmm. numerous ankle sprains, and symptoms of uh, hip impingement over the years. Mm -hmm. So I regularly feel little symptoms pop up. But with that, with that I mean, uh, let's be clear. Uh -huh. If I just heard you say that, uh -huh. I would be like, so this guy walks around the outside of the mat. He's like, he's like the mat supervisor. He's not, he's not somebody who works out. I would love for them to be able to see your limber test after you've just gone through the litany of stories, trauma, and recoveries that have happened to your body, yeah. uh, just so that they can see it from somebody who's not as tight as I am right now, totally. <laughs> despite going through all those injuries. I'll show you where, where I'm at today. Yeah. That and then I'll talk great. you through some of those others. That would be awesome. And then I'll bring some awareness that even though I weigh far less than I used to weigh, mm -hmm. I still carry over 600 pounds across my shoulders despite herniations, fractures, multiple surgeries, still very capable. Mm -hmm. I just listen to those signals in my body as I go. And to, to give you some indication of the very same thing, I was dealing with uh, herniations in my neck on two different discs that would have me uh, laying on my couch with my soon-to-be wife having to take care of me every day between 4.30 and 5.30 with the inability to get up and I knew it was coming because I could feel a buildup. And every single morning after I had my cup of coffee, I had convinced myself that maybe today I wasn't going to feel the same way because the caffeine was coursing through my, uh, my system. And I would go try to work out only to put myself down for longer. And now I don't deal with any of that garbage, <laughs> completely free from that garbage. So when he says he weighs far less, but he can still pick up as much, these are real results after having gone through real freaking injuries uh -huh. but again they can be something that happened in your past but not the only predictor of the progress that gets to happen in the future if we learn how to move and listen now exactly yeah awesome so here's my limber test where i'm at today I'll reach up overhead smooth down and right back up there have been times through the phase where as i started to bend down I would get sharp pains around my knees and I was not able to get the elbows to the ground. They would be a uh, barely palms to the ground as I went. Mm -hmm. Other days it feels freer and I'm able to slide those knees forward. There are times where as I reach my arms up overhead, I get really sharp pains. And so as I start to reach up overhead, those sharp pains mean that I've got to adjust how I turn my torso in order to get my arms up all the way overhead as I come back down, those are asking me to move my rib cage differently. Mm. If I ignored them and just didn't reach as high, that tension would get greater and greater. But because I try to reach up as far as I can and I listen to those symptoms, I get that change in the rib cage as I go. Mm -hmm. One specific day I had done 
a weighted pull-up. So I'd strapped weight to me. I'd done a, a few reps of a pull-up. I stepped away from that. I went to do the test. And as I went down to, to, the, to do the test, I felt a sharp pain right about the spot where I have symptoms of a fracture back there. Mm. And I was like, ooh, that was uncomfortable. So I reached back up and I went to go down again and I went slower so that my body could adjust and not tweak that one particular area. What does my body need right now? And what I felt was that my hips moved differently. Mm. And as my hips moved differently, I had a memory from when I was in grade school of a kid coming up and kneeing me in the tailbone. And so what I had done is from that time forward, I had moved my body in this way to avoid that happening again. But getting strong enough to where then I reapproach it, it goes through my memory center. Hey, be careful. And if we don't listen to those little symptoms, we just go, I did a weighted pull up, I hurt my back. And I just move on. Must have been the weighted pull up. Exactly. Must have been the movement. Got to restrict that movement. Exactly. And or that wasn't a big deal when that happened back then. So I shouldn't be affected by this now. I just need to push through it. Take Tylenol and up my dosage of painkillers until I become so insensitive I become addicted. Oh, that's right? so good. And it's just like it's this thing that happens. And I just want to provide the space here uh, for you to say, listen, it happened. You probably didn't deserve it just like the things we've done to other people. Uh -huh. I've been both the one who's gotten need in the ass and the one doing the kneeing at exactly. different sections in my life. Exactly. And so I've had to forgive and ask for forgiveness, provide grace. And the biggest thing about providing that grace is to provide the space for acknowledgement, but not just restricting. It doesn't, acknowledgement is the antithesis of what we normally do because normally we just imprison that part of ourselves and don't move it anymore rather than finding that structure and really listening and saying, oh, this is what's going on. Because you only have so many I can'ts until you're an old person sitting alone in the house wishing your family would pay attention to you, but you're being isolated and left alone because you're leaving yourself isolated and alone because you do not feel good moving. And there are other people who have gone into the long parts of their life, the later years of their life, still completely mobile, uh -huh. still after having uh, dealt with trauma, move uh -huh. past that and in that spot. And that's possible for all of us uh -huh. as long as we don't put ourselves in a position where something gets hurt, we stop moving that. And now that part is cut off from exactly. then on. It, it might as well have been amputated in every other way, but physically. Exactly. Yeah. So on that particular day, I did that test, sharp pain in the back. Mm -hmm. I redid the test. I moved differently. I had memories flash up, some cautious memories. Mm -hmm. I repeated the test numerous times. I walked, I moved, I felt more recovered. I redid the test. I added 10 pounds, got a personal best on my way to pull up. Love that. Uh -huh. Hell yeah. Hell <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> so we're going to approach lots of different symptoms, lots of different feelings, lots of different memories. The test is just meant to bring those into your awareness mm -hmm. so that you can use them to guide you on that next exercise. Yeah. Well, there might be three sections that we talk about physical, uh, physical or your body, mind and spirit. What I want to encourage you is those are not three different people. Those are all you and all of those things that have happened over the years impact it. And you can use all of those things to heal it. Exactly. Right. 
Yeah. And it starts with knowing how to listen and having that exercise of listening, which when it comes to other people, it's our ears, but when it comes to our body, it's this limber test. And that provides the foundation where we get to talk about the necessities that we bring into our workout, which are just very few, again, that low-tech, high-awareness, and we get to start talking about nutrition and movement, and we'll go through the exercises and demonstrate, and you'll have Corey here along to teach you, because if I tried to teach you the limber test, you saw what would have just happened, right? But having the expert who's not, he, he's been somebody who's gone through injuries, he's been uh, somebody who has uh, gone through those different difficulties in his life. And now he's a shepherd who gets to walk beside and say, hey, it's okay, we can go this way. And that's what we're gonna do. And I just wanna thank you guys for being on that journey with us. Um, what, what would you say to end the episode? What, what else do, what's one quick note or? Uh... Those symptoms are gonna guide your exercise style. Yeah. And then from there, we go back into that recovery phase, hydration and breath. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna go a little deeper in later episodes for the needs of the body, mind, and spirit to recover because hydration is, and breath just get us in touch with those needs. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, Corey, appreciate your time. Yeah, Brian, as always. Good to see you, bud. Yeah, and thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us here on episode two of Unlock Potential. On, in episode three, we are gonna go through some of those needs. We're gonna acknowledge those needs. We're gonna learn how to meet those needs, and we're gonna learn how to put you in a position where you exceed your personal best, just like Corey talked about, not because you haven't been injured, but because you may have been injured, and you just need to learn how to move, live, and serve in a different way. We're here for it and excited to do this with you. Love that. Awesome. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Unlock Potential. For exclusive content, make sure to subscribe to our Patreon. Follow us across all socials at The Brian Delaney and visit our website at thebriandelaney.com to shop our gear and see what's coming up next.